Welcome to Flicks and Giggles. And I'm Izzy. Thank you for tuning back into another episode. And today we're going to be talking about Talk To Me. We're a little late to the party, but that's okay. That's okay. So first, we're just going to kind of give you a little synopsis for anyone who hasn't seen it, even though you've had lots of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about a group of Australian teens who come across an embalmed hand that um, contains the power to... <laughs> contains the power... To uh, talk to spirits, mm-hmm. and then when one of the teens uh, thinks she stumbles upon the spirit of her deceased mother, um, things start to go very, very bad. Dun, dun, dun. Anything else to add? No, that's about it. Wonderful. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that was really good. Izzy. I'm proud of you. Um, so everything after this point contains spoilers. Yes. You've been warned. Yes. If you haven't, pause. Go watch it. Go watch it. Then come back. Or don't pause and just listen to us. Yeah. And we'll spoil it all for you. Okay, great. <laughs> I believe that it was a very classic take. No, a very new take on a classic trope of like the Ouija mm-hmm. contacting spirits, one of them gets possessed moment, except obviously it's a hand instead of a Ouija board. But I think they did a really good job of not making it like boring and just following the same thing. I think there's a lot of things like ones that you kind of discovered and ones that I discovered that really make you think a lot deeper than just like the classic Ouija trope. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't, I'm gonna be honest, I really liked the movie. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything like groundbreaking. Okay. And for that reason, I think I give it an eight and a half. Out of ten? Out of ten. Okay. Because it was up there for me, but it wasn't anything like... Maybe a nine. <laughs> maybe a nine, but like eight and a half, nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. 8.75 out of 10. <laughs> okay, what about okay. you? Um, same, same thing. Mm-hmm. I think I would give it around eight and a half or a nine. I really liked it. I need to stop whispering. I did, I did the whisper thing again. I'm sorry. It's okay, just try again. Just try again. Um, I, no, I'm leaving it because that's the real me. <laughs> um, I really liked the tone of it all. I feel like it, I feel like a lot of horror movies take themselves really seriously and it like really drops into it and I'm not saying this movie doesn't but it does it in a way that is really new and exciting and it's the same thing it takes a lot of the tropes that we have seen before a group of teens messing around with something that they probably shouldn't Mm -hmm. and like possession and all of that but it, it does it in like a like an exciting new way where you're in it with them yeah yeah it's not like quiet scenes where you're like on the edge of your seat it's Mm -hmm. like while they're partying and then they hit you with something yeah yeah yes and also oh no i just had a thought and then it went away <laughs> i lost my thoughts okay it'll come back okay. wait so what's your what's your rating same ish i'm gonna give it a, a nine okay yeah because i i think it talks about certain things that not a lot of, like it's more than just a horror movie to me mm-hmm. yeah so 
Okay, great. I would like to start. No! Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. okay. I would like to start with a, a review that I found on Letterboxd. It was the most popular. If you go on Letterboxd, it's literally the top review for Talk To Me. It was written by some guy named Aaron. He did not have a last name, but shout out to you, Aaron. I haven't um, seen this. I'm excited. And it said, maybe the real horror all along was the crazy frog ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> that Jade had on her phone and I feel like it's a good starting point for me because I throughout most of the movie I felt like I was like okay somebody wrote this that wasn't 50 years old and like actually knows how teenagers talk to each other and it felt natural and it felt like I was actually watching like teenagers go to a party and interact with each other and then the crazy frog ringtone turned on and I was like what boomer put that in here <laughs> no it wouldn't even i feel like it would be a millennial that like threw that in there it is so millennial like why that part was the only part that took me out where i was like no like 18 year old in this day and age would have crazy frog as their ringtone for their boyfriend because I'm pretty sure it was like specifically for it's for everyone was it because there was a scene in the hospital when um Mia calls Jade oh, it was the and same? then it's the yeah it's the same ringtone. it's just so weird that was the only thing I feel like I remember being in like middle school and a bunch of like girls had like the duck do, do you remember? It was like a quacking oh, ringtone. Just, wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like what it reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, I was like, and I was like, just, very, I was like, so preteen of her. Yeah. What a choice they made. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, Erin, for that. Made me giggle. <laughs> um, along the lines of it sort of being like young and it's how teenagers talk, I really liked the party scenes. Me too. Because I feel like that's when a lot of, like, shit goes down. But this movie does it in a way where... I feel like this is what I was saying before. Certain horror movies, like, it's if it's, like, a scene where things are about to get really serious, like, it really drops down. And it's, like, the lights go down. Mm -hmm. And then the tone, like, it quiets. And it's, like, super serious. And they're, like, doing a Ouija board or something like that. And it's, like, you're supposed to be, like holding your breath. This movie, they were having a party mm -hmm. through it all. And I feel like it's so young. It's just a bunch of teenagers doing stupid shit and they're really enjoying it, not really fully understanding how it could go wrong. And even if they do, they just don't care about it. Yeah. And that's the tone it had. And the movie itself wasn't scary because it had jump scares or it had like creepy, scary looking things. It was just like everything that was happening within the context of the story made it disturbing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> disturbing is the word i would use yes and also they play the into like why feet i remember, <laughs> do <you> remember? <laughs> okay i need on my on my notes this needs to be known i wrote why feet the answer may surprise you and then i forgot why i wrote that i asked her for like two three days i was texting her did you remember why feet why feet and every single time she's like I remember why feet. Why feet? Here's the thing. They could have done the, the toe, the sucking of the toes. Okay. They could have done that and it could have been really, really like cringy, mm -hmm. right? But I feel like they did that for the same reason they did 
the like head bashing and they did it for the same reason they did the eye scene where he's like pulling out his eye because it's so like I feel like your head, your eyeballs, your teeth, anything happening to those gives you such a like icky feeling where you kind of feel like you're feeling it also. <laughs> and I feel like feet are the same thing. Like your feet are not something that anyone touches. No. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so like so it's so judgy and <laughs> I just called you Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So like, I feel like for the majority of the population, watching someone suck on someone else's feet is like really disturbing. And that's what they were going for. <laughs> they were going for like a disturbing movie. They weren't going for like a scary movie. Because mm-hmm. like a demon sucking on your toes is not necessarily horrifying. Well, it's horrifying. So <laughs> if you woke up and there was a demon sucking on your toes, you wouldn't be horrified? It's not okay. It's not like jump scary though. She's not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know what I mean? It's not jump scary, but like yeah. it's really disturbing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they that's, that's why feet because it, it goes feet. with the it, it's it's an overall like an icky feeling where yeah. you're like watching it and you're like oh stop it yeah even like thinking about how they filmed it it's like I hope it was like a prosthetic okay well the second time we watched it I was really looking because I was like I want to know and it was it was 100% a fake foot like when you looked for it you could see that it was a fake foot at, at least two people suck on it <laughs> yeah they're not gonna make two people suck on that man's feet oh my god we're gonna have to like take it off of YouTube for this. Okay, another thing that I really liked about the movie is, this is where I was thinking it's a little bit more than just a a horror movie, like a scary movie, because I think the whole talking to the hand thing for Mia, our main character, Sophie Wilde, it was like like an addiction for her, Mm -hmm. and that's what it felt like, like in the... Like, if you're at parties and there's a lot of people, sometimes, like, that's how you would, like, pass around yeah. things, you know? And it also is a parallel to how, like, when you're in a group setting and there's a lot of people that, like, you're friends with or that you're becoming friends with, like, you, you want to do what they're doing. You want to try it. And it yeah. becomes a little bit more normal. And that's what they did with the hand thing. And I thought, I don't know, I thought it was a really cool parallel. Mm-hmm. You could definitely tell that she... I mean, they made it very, very obvious that she was, like, addicted to it. Yeah. Especially when they get to the scene at the, um, when it's her and Daniel in her room alone, and he's, like, pre-feet, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There's pre-feet era and there's post-feet Okay. (laughs) Pre-feet. She's in the room with Daniel, and they're talking about Riley, because they just got back from the hospital. And they're like, how do we fix this? Whatever, whatever. And the first thing that Mia suggests is, what if we just do it again and we, like, try to Mm -hmm. talk to the spirits or whatever? Mm -hmm. And Daniel, who also did the hand, but, of course, didn't go over the 90 seconds, and he's like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. And then she's kind of like, oh, you know. Even before that, this was the party that... Daniel does it for the first time. She Mm -hmm. was like really excited to go again. She was like, I'll go again. Yeah. Can I do it again? And I think there was another time where she was just like, she was saying like, just one more time. Mm -hmm. Just let me do it one more time. Just let me do it one more time. Yeah. And, and I also think like addiction is not something that like, 
it's like a disease mm-hmm. and in the in the context of the movie it's like monstrous and it's yeah. like just more than just you know yeah. it like it takes over you completely takes over you you're not you anymore and i think there's so many little things that adds to it like when they their heads tilt back and their eyes dilate yeah it's very like the imagery is very much there exactly and there's also how sophie describes it she was like oh like it felt amazing like it felt like i was a passenger in my own body and i just i don't know i also think that addiction and trauma are have been like main themes in horror movies Mm -hmm. since horror movies began right like you watch a horror movie it has something to do like the babadook it's Mm -hmm. about grief which also this movie is about grief like Mm -hmm. it's a very common theme i think they did well in having a lot of like places that you could kind of see other things happening so it wasn't just like this is another horror movie about drugs and grief yeah and i feel like it did a it it did a really good job of connecting grief to addiction. It was like yeah. the grief was the pipeline to addiction. She was like, she that girl for me, the entirety of the movie was looking for connection with something. She was going through all this pain and the entire time she was looking for something else to connect to and she did that with the hand, like mm-hmm. for the first time I feel like. And this also, goes into like another thing that I sorry I'm slurping okay (laughs) yes talk about your thing (laughs) this also goes into another thing that I was that I noticed where every scene that Mia was in she was like physically attached to somebody in every scene in the very first scene she sees Jade she like hits her with the pillow and then she's like on top of her Mm -hmm. the scene when she's at a party for the first time she is on Jade when she sees Jade's mom for the first time, she goes in for the hug. And every scene that Mia is in, she is initiating contact, like physical contact in some yeah. way because she she needed to connect with somebody. And there was a moment, I think it was during the montage where Riley's sitting on the couch. She's at the back of the couch and she has her arms draped over him. Yeah. But you were saying before that like no one is reciprocating that touch. Yeah. It's just her. It's just her. It's like even if they... Even if they, like, let it happen, it's like they let go. Mm-hmm. And they're not holding her back the way she is. And I think it ties in with one of the first videos that we see with her and her mom. They're really close, like, face-to-face. Yeah. And then they're like, no, it's me, it's me. And then she, like, pushes her mom, like, jokingly, and she goes, get off me! Yeah. And then her mom's gone. And this girl is just really craving that touch, and she found it in this and I don't know it was really tragic and I can see why that also would make you like push you into addiction like you you chase that connection you chase that feeling and the moment at there was two the moment at the hospital where she's really losing it at the end and Mm -hmm. she's not seeing Riley as Riley she's seeing Riley as like the old lady Mm -hmm. um and the old lady turns to her in the hospital bed and says, why don't you touch me? And there's more that I want to say about Daniel and mm-hmm. her relationship because that's sus. But what I will say, <laughs> what I will say is I think for Mia, it's less about, it's less about feeling something for Daniel and it's more just about having somebody to connect with. Because in the scene when she brings Riley home, this is right, right before Pre-feet era. <laughs> Daniel, not Riley. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Pre-feet, yes. Pre-feet, Daniel. 
um, when they're just like about to go to bed, he's like lying down and she like pushes her arm mm-hmm. towards his leg. And I think that is just so heartbreaking. It's yeah. just so sad and a little bit pathetic. And you can tell that it wasn't her trying to get with Daniel because he's asleep. Like she just yeah. wanted to touch. To she touch. just wanted to be touched. Yeah. And I think that's why when she really, the first scene where she really lets her mom in, mm-hmm. which she brings her mom into bed with her that like sealed the deal. I think that was when we completely lost her. Like there was no going back. Yeah. She was in it. Because she doesn't get that from her dad. No. Ever. No. Because the first, every scene that we see her and her dad in, they're always apart. They're always face to face or one is like with their back to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's how it always was. And the first time we see them actually connect was when he comes out with the truth about how his her mom killed herself yeah. with the letter. But again, that scene is also heartbreaking because the first time they make contact, the first time they actually hold each other, she's already so far gone that she mm-hmm. thinks her dad is lying to her. Yeah. So even that moment of contact that she could have had with somebody who knew exactly what she was going through, it, it was it was, it was like real to her. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I want to talk about Sophie Wilde. <laughs> I do. Please go. <laughs> From what I have seen, this is like her feature debut. I might be wrong saying that. But I think it is. I probably could have looked that up before I, you know, started speaking. But... <laughs> Anyways, I think she is so... I think she's someone to to look out for. I Mm -hmm. think she's so good. I think she's going to do really well. And when I watched it the first time, I was like, wow, this girl's really good, right? And then we went back and watched it the second time. And when you go from the end of the movie and see her character, and then you jump back to the very beginning, the contrast, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think you notice it over how drastic it is over the course of the movie, but then when you go back to the beginning, it's so stark. Like, the difference is so crazy. She is so bubbly. She's sweet. Her voice is even higher Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And she has this look in her eyes that is so (laughs) normal. (laughs) And then when you really pay attention to that, the way she has that instant flip after she's done the hand thing and then the way she deteriorates I think is so good she was she is so good at conveying like emotional distress yeah yes and I'm her a large fan (laughs) I'm a large fan her (laughs) eyes are very expressive she also has huge eyes she does (laughs) especially like at the end there's just like such an intense focus in her eyes that you can see that she's so intent and focused with it but she's like completely dissociated from reality Mm -hmm. she just she does such a good job with it yeah yeah i just feel like the cast in that movie was incredible like riley oh he was 16 what the actor is 16 how i don't know teach me (laughs) literally like can i have some lessons (laughs) because i can tell you what my acting looked like at 16 and it was not that (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> like, nowhere close. When I say yeah, I'm not talking about her, I'm talking about me. No, I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um... Like, was... Yeah, you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> we were in a musical together. Yes, team. <laughs> we're both babies. We're trying. <laughs> really hard. Pretty hard. <laughs> um, another thing. Do you think the mom demon thing was really her mom, or do you think it was something else? I don't think it was ever her mom. 
I since the very beginning. I agree. Because I think, I think it was the first demon that's not Sophie, Mia, comes into contact that she lets in is like the it's like this really like wet bloated woman. Yeah. I think like she drowned or something. I, I think know. that's the feet lady. No, the feet lady is different. They looked different. Oh, okay. I think. I could be wrong. <laughs> but I think it's the it's the it's the first demon that she comes into contact with because the more and more we see Mia's mom, the more it changes, the more the mom looks more and more bloated and especially at the very end scene when she holds Mia her lips everything about her is blue and bloated and her hair like is like sticking it's, it's like wet. wet yeah and so I think the entire time it was like that, that lady. wet bloated lady that that stayed with her because she went over time that makes sense that it would be the first one because when Riley goes in and starts talking in her mom's voice and they're talking at her house she says I know it was my mom. She calls me me, and no one else calls me me. Um, and Daniel was like, well, you let them into your body, so they know everything. Exactly. So it would have had to be that specific lady Demon. also, because she was the one that was inside of Mia. Mm -hmm. She would know everything, everything about her. Yeah. And even her mom demon <laughs> says they can imitate your dad. Yes. Like, they're not real. Mm -hmm. But she's so convinced in that moment that that's her mom that she doesn't realize that, like, if they can do it to him, they can, they can do, do it, it to, to her mom. mom. Yeah. Yeah. Because she fully... She just needs to believe that it's her mom. So she, she ran with it. <laughs> yeah. That takes us to the, to the end, but I don't know if we want to go there yet. I have one more thing that I really liked the film for is the sound design. Not only was like the soundtrack good, there mm -hmm. are so many little like clues. I think it was in the scene when Mia's at the hospital. I don't remember which time, but it was like closer to the end. She's walking away and you just, it's faint. It's like in the background, but you can, she's hearing Riley screaming. This was, yeah, this was after the, after we see them feasting on Riley. Right. The demons feasting on Riley. After that, we can hear Riley screaming and it's like faint. And not only in that you can hear nail scraping, mm -hmm. also faint. And it's all of those sounds are layered. And I think you can hear like squelching, like wet sounds. <laughs> squelching. Squelching. <laughs> squelching. You know? And I think that's also another hint to the water demon lady. Yeah. Mm hmm. We were talking about this earlier with the nail scratching. They slip in a scene where she is getting ready, I think, to go to the party and she starts painting her nails. Yes. And then way later in the movie, she's at the hospital and she starts scratching her nails off, mm -hmm. which I think is also about her mom. Mm -hmm. And there was so many times that they went back to that. And those are the little things like the thing with the physical touch and the thing with the scratching and the thing with the her hearing Riley screaming and all of that, those are all the things that I mean when I'm saying, like, it was your classic Ouija board trope, but they put so much more into it that it wasn't just the classic yeah, Ouija board. I agree. It's all those little things that you yeah. notice. Yeah, that's what I meant when I said I, it's more than just a horror movie yeah. to me, because there's so much attention to detail. Yeah. Speaking of sound design, have you seen that video? <laughs> have you seen the video? I'm pretty sure A24 posted it and it's about Cookie the dog and her real name is Bridget. And it's like, 
the scene where the mom <laughs> is asking them if they're having a party and she goes into the scene with Riley and James is that his name the friend so. yeah um and it's like the first time they shot the scene and they play back the recording and it's literally <laughs> it's literally the only thing you can hear is the dog like <laughs> <laughs> and they had to like when they in the first shot they had Riley and the dog like kind of cuddling and then you watch the actual one that made it into the movie and the dog is over here and Riley's over here <laughs> and it's so obvious that they only did that because the dog was so loud. <laughs> That's what you get for using a bulldog in your movie. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. He's trying. But she was perfect. Yeah. Oh she. Well I think her name's Bridget. Oh I don't know. That's cute. For Brigitte. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> anyway. There was one moment, and I feel like I notice these things in movies and they really irk me and they shouldn't irk me. Um, and it's the feet thing. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> other than the feet thing. Um, no. And it's when they do something in a scene that makes no sense other than to have two characters in the same place mm -hmm. and you can tell that's the only reason they did it and um obviously I'm not one to talk because I'm not a director and I'm not a writer and like I understand that those scenes need to happen but there was one in this movie and it was when she's sleeping over at Jade's okay and she had just done the hand mm -hmm. and then Riley goes and is like I'm scared can I sleep with you Jade and Jade's like no, F off, right? And then she goes into the living room and Mia is sleeping on an air mattress in the living room. And we're supposed to believe that Mia and Jade are best friends. And I'm like, is this an Australian thing? Do they hate each other? <laughs> Why are they sleeping not only in different beds, but in completely, completely different, different rooms? <laughs> and at that point, they are still like besties. Yeah. And, but you can tell that it's because they needed that conversation to happen with her and Riley. Because not only... Does she ask him, like, did that scare you? And then you see the hand. But it's also him asking, what happened to your mom? And that's when she tells us that her mom committed suicide yes. and was scratching on the door. So obviously yeah. that scene needed to happen. But then I sit there and all I can think about is the fact that, like, okay, that's a weird thing that they did because why would they be sleeping in different rooms? But they only did it because they needed that scene to happen. And I'm like, I wish... I always wish there was a different way that that could happen because it just doesn't yeah it throws me for a little bit of a loop because yeah. i'm sitting there and i'm like do australians not sleep like <laughs> in the same room with their friends when they have sleepovers like when you're 17 yeah because i had a little twin bed and one of my friends sleep over we will still squeeze into it yeah yeah I'm the only time i've slept in different beds when i sleep over here is like when we were younger and you had really bad like sleep talking. <laughs> yeah, actually that's true. You can't sleep in the same bed as me because I will like hit you in my sleep. <laughs> so sometimes I'll sleep and then I'll just hear you talk. And the first time it happened, I was like, oh, she's talking. And I like got up and you were like. <laughs> oh, and I will like, I will be Not so much recently. I will be possessed. I will actually be possessed. Like I do some scary stuff. So maybe we can assume that Jane sleepwalks and Mia doesn't want to be around her. Okay, another thing about that, that kind of, like, didn't bother me, but I was like, what? Was when they find 
the original brother that got stabbed at the bus stop. Right. How do <laughs> they like, know? How do you know? Do you, do you just stalk him? Do you just have his location on Snapchat? Like right. they would they he was at the bus stop about to get on a bus like at night. So it's like you just knew the time and the place yeah, that he you was going to be at. Yeah, right. That was the only time where I was like hmm. <laughs> and he like starts talking to them but then he's also just like leave me alone so obviously he didn't like invite them to come talk to him yeah they just found him they just found him they snuck up on him yeah that's a little weird <laughs> this is okay some people might agree some people might not but i think that riley no 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 not riley not riley mia was like overstepping quite a bit. Okay, and, I, I want to talk about this. Yes. <laughs> and I think, okay, part of it I completely understand. There is a level of closeness and comfort you have when you're, like, best friends with somebody that, like, you can walk into their houses and you're, like, there and you're, you know, you're for your family. And I get that. I get that. And I get that Mia is also looking for connection and yeah. she's, she's only a teenage girl. Yeah. But there were just so many times where I was like, I just feel like that wasn't your place. And maybe this is just me being, like, Asian (laughs) and being, like, you know, my parents always told me, like, don't overstep boundaries. There's always things. and uh." But, yeah, like, the way she talks to Jade about Daniel specifically. Oh, yeah. If, If I did that to your man or if you did that to my man that doesn't exist um <laughs> i feel like we would be like what are you doing, are you doing? This and yeah. also the way she they did it multiple times where she would reach behind riley's head and like scratch his hair and i was like what a strange thing to do to your best friend's younger brother yeah like i my one of my best friends claire who's the younger sister and younger brother don't think I've ever touched them. Yeah, right. And we're, like, best friends, you know? Yeah. I've never touched any of your sisters. <laughs> no. I think it's, like, I agree with that point that she was overstepping with their family. Mm-hmm. I, I and, do think so. And that's also why she was so comfortable with letting Riley do what he wanted. And right. that led to the demise. Because Mia was in the position where she is in the family, but not actually. So she mm-hmm. was able to like feel bad her feeling bad for Riley feeling left out was more in that moment than her fear for his safety but they also set it up perfectly when Mia picks up Riley and Jade doesn't Mm -hmm. because then they set up this thing where Riley looks up to Mia as like someone who's always gonna be there Mm -hmm. she will be there almost before Jade is Mm -hmm. for him. She lets Riley sleep with her when he's scared. Mm -hmm. So he has this, like, trust that she is, like, looking out for his best interests, but the problem is he's 14. Mm -hmm. So as soon as she is disagreeing with him wanting to do it, he's not... He's thinking... He's using his 14-year-old brain, and he's like, I thought you'd be on my side. Mm -hmm. Why are you on my side? You're always on my side. Yeah. And then... That is a conflict for her because she's like, I don't want to lose this closeness I have. Mm-hmm. I am always on his side. Yeah. Maybe it won't be that bad. Yeah. Again, going back to her being on the outside of it and not actually having that same sort of fear for his safety also really comes in when the moment she thinks that she's talking to her mom. 
through Riley. Oh, and she completely she disregards completely it. disregards the yeah. rules, the time. She's like, no, 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 it's okay, just keep it going. And she let him go like two minutes or something like that. They yeah. said. So all of it has to do with just like wanting so badly to not want to be alone. I think they even said it in the film. Jade was like, I wish you didn't insert yourself or mm-hmm. force your way into my family. And that's sort of what she was doing. Like, it, I think it was harmless before and it was acceptable. But as soon as she lost her mom, it just became so much more. And you see it every moment she could get in. She mm-hmm. was she was in there. Yeah. And I I do agree that she was overstepping. And I think that caused a lot of the problems that they had. But I also sympathize. Yeah. I do. Because she's 17, I'm assuming, because Daniel said he was older and he was 18, right? So we can assume they're like 16, 17. Yes. Um, She's like 17. She just lost her mom. Mm -hmm. And when I think back to, like, I'm only, how old am I? (laughs) I was 17 five years ago disgusting um and I think back to my 17 year old brain and then I think about the choices that Mia made and (laughs) And, I'm like I probably would have made those exact same choices it makes sense yeah absolutely because in that moment you're not thinking like long term right you're not thinking something bad is going to happen to Riley and I should probably trust Jade and mm-hmm. not do this. She's she's thinking about that instant relationship with Riley mm-hmm. and how it's going to affect that. Yeah. And not how, if something bad were to happen, how that is going to affect everyone's relationship. Exactly. She, it's very much like teenage decision making. And I sympathize with that so heavily that I'm like, she made a lot of bad choices. But also, I probably would have made the same choices. Yeah. If I was I 17 that. and in that situation. I get that. Mm-hmm. If you had the chance to. Oof. Do the hand while you were when you were seventeen. Okay, let me put myself at a party into seventeen year old brain. Okay, you're at a party. Uh-huh. Everyone's getting drunk. All of your friends are there. The hand is there. People are doing it. It looks fun. Imagine so many people did it. Like even like the whole making out with the dog thing happened. I don't think so. I think I would have done a lot of stupid things. I think I did do a lot of stupid things. <laughs> Let me change that. I did do a lot of stupid things. But I think as soon as it... As soon as I saw it actually happening... Mm-hmm. Like, 17-year-old me would have screwed around with a Ouija board. But, like... <laughs> and I know some people might agree. But, like, nothing really happens when you're using a, a Ouija um, board. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you you see people using a Ouija board and it just moves around the board and it's like really? spooky, okay. spooky, spooky. Huh. Yeah. But like nothing really happens. So you do it. But I think if I saw someone grab this thing and then their eyes turned completely black. It's like and then they started reaction. Yeah, and they started speaking French. I'd be like, you know what? I'm actually okay. <laughs> I think I was like into a lot of spooky stuff. Like always mm-hmm. and my friends and I at the age of like 13 14 was fully doing a Ouija board inviting things into our houses like multiple times yeah but my thought process even now is like like a Ouija board even if something was happening technically it's like in the house and like you can just exercise it you know yeah exercise whatever but if it like I don't think I would have done the hand thing just because you're letting something into your body yeah you you have to say I let you in mm-hmm. and just the thought of that 
terrifies me. And I, I, it would have been the same back then because it's like Ouija board, anything else, it's, it felt outside of my body. So it's like, at least I'm still protected to an extent. Yeah. But the fact that I have to let something in would just completely terrified me because what if it never wanted to leave? Like here, <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a lot of Ouija boards when I was younger because I was skeptical mm. and like, I fully believed in it. (laughs) And I was like, yes, tell me more. I was like, you know what? It feels kind of weird when the thing's moving around because you're like, it's a ghost. (laughs) But also, there's absolutely no way that you can prove that it's not your friend doing it unless you do it alone. But then, of course, you're not supposed to do a Ouija board alone. And you want to know why? Because somebody's pushing the planchette. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. But I think if I actually sat down and saw it with my own two eyes, I don't think I'd be able to do it. I think the only reason I could have done Ouija boards when I was younger is because I was skeptical. Mm -hmm. If I had actual physical proof that there was a ghost sitting there moving that planchette around, I don't think I would have been doing Ouija boards. I think that might that might have stopped me too. Yeah. Like I I have a belief, like yeah, I believe in it, but out of sight, out of mind, right? <laughs> you can't see it. You have a believer and you have a skeptic and neither of us want to do it. <laughs> I asked one of my friends that I watched the film with and I asked him, I was like, would you, would you do it? Mm-hmm. And he was like, maybe if I thought it was like one of my family members, like actually there. It's like, I might have. And I'm like, really? Like fully? And I think he's a very rational person. <laughs> I thought. I thought. No, but it makes sense. You're out there, you know who you are. I think if you are, if you, if you are somebody who lost someone really close to you and there was even a chance that it could be them, I think, I think you would. That's true. And that's Except me. I'm built different. (laughs) I wouldn't. I just, I, I just think if somebody has passed away... I don't know if this is, like, tri- triggering for anybody. I'm sorry, but, like, I just think if someone has passed away, I would like to believe that they're not, like, here still lingering in some state in any whatever energy. I would want them to move on. Like, some people believe in heaven and hell, and I don't know if that's what I believe in personally, but I, I do think that when we die, we we change into something else and I just would want them to move on in any way and I think if there was even a chance that I could talk to them I would feel like I was making them stay I was like holding them back from moving on so Mm -hmm. I just I don't think I don't think I would because and also I just wouldn't want to see I'm like getting sad I'm like tearing up a little bit I just wouldn't want to see like the people I love in that state right because her mom is a little she is decaying yeah, like, yeah, yeah decomposing yeah. with wood chips in her nails embedded still yeah she like looks like a it. corpse yeah and I just I don't I don't I would rather not see the people I love in that state right I feel like I knock on wood I don't have anyone that I'm thinking of that, like, I can even put myself in that position. Thank God. But, so, like, I don't know. I don't know how I would react, like, if that were my mom. Because she, she's alive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, mom, for being alive. Like, <laughs> I say this because, yeah, like, I don't have somebody right. like that that I could think of. From my perspective now, I don't think I would want to talk to mm-hmm. A deceased loved one. Mm-hmm. I also personally don't really believe that like you can talk to ghosts. I don't know if I even believe in ghosts. So 
that's another thing for me. I think if someone was like, you can talk to this deceased relative, I'd be like, literally no, because they're <laughs> dead. But also, I don't have that position to put myself in. Into. Again, knock on wood. So, I don't know if I have uh, a real answer for that, because I just don't know how I'd react. I think the last thing, if you don't have anything else. I don't know if I do. I feel like I've said my piece. The last thing I want to talk about is the very end. Okay. Very, very end. Talk about it, girl. I think <laughs> the obvious thing is at the very end, she takes Riley down to the highway and she's going to kangaroo him, right? She's like, because her mom is telling her, you need to just put him out of his misery. I'll take care of him. Mm -hmm. That's the only way. And it's literally an exact parallel to at the very beginning with the kangaroo and Riley is saying, you he's need to put him crying. out. Of, he's crying. You need to put him out of his misery. Like, it'll be better this way. And she couldn't. So it's very obvious that she is like actually thinking, okay, I need to go through with it this time. And that was what I thought when I watched it the first time, right? And then we watched it again. And then I totally was not, I was so like waiting in suspense of what was going to happen that I wasn't paying attention to what the mom was saying to Mia. And when we watched it the second time, I actually paid attention to what she was saying. And at the beginning she was saying, you're doing the right thing. Like, he needs this. He's suffering. I'll take care of him. And then at the very end, she says, we'll have him forever. He'll be with us forever. Yeah, he'll be with us forever. And then Mia takes her hand. Mia, that's what it is. Her mom's holding her. She says, we'll have, we'll, he'll, he'll, he'll be, be with, with us forever. forever. And then she Mia takes her hands off the wheelchair. Because she realizes what, what that meant. Mm -hmm. And then I personally, I think... She, in that moment, finally understood that that was not her mom because mm -hmm. her mom wouldn't say something like that. He'll be with us forever, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think she threw herself in front of the cars. I have two theories, and I don't know which one it is. Okay. Because it is very, like, slow. When we watch it again the second time, I saw the frame, and I feel like there's two things that could happen. One, I agree that Mia threw herself, but for a different reason. Okay. I think she realized that, like, if she were to kill Riley, Riley would be with them forever. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a part of her that wanted it to end for her. And she wanted to be with her mom forever. So she threw herself mm -hmm. in his place. That's one. Uh -huh. The second one, I straight up think Jade threw her. <laughs> Jade just pushed her. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Because my reasoning for that is, one, Jade found her dad. Jade is the one who knew who knew that Mia right. had actually stabbed her own father, now out for her brother. Right. And she sees Mia with her brother in a wheelchair about to throw him. Honestly, in that moment, if, some, if I thought someone was genuinely about to kill my little brother... Mm -hmm. I'd choose my brother, right. you know? So I think she was pushed by Jade. Actually, I think you I think you changed my mind a little bit. Yeah. I think I still believe that she let go because of what her mom said. And I th yes. I actually do think that she realized that, that wasn't her mom in that moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think she let go and was like, oh my god, what am I doing? And then Jade probably did push her. And so in that moment, I, I think Jade fully believes that she has lost her friend. Well, if you saw your friend's dad with a hole in his neck, even after the moment where 
Mia stabs her dad, she doesn't even have a moment of clarity mm-hmm. to call an ambulance. No. She like, she that. is so far gone. Yeah. So knowing not only that your friend stabbed her dad, and then knowing that she left him there to mm-hmm. bleed out, at that point, I would be like, no, she's gone. Yeah, she went and she saw the scene that was waiting for her at the house, which is the dad. And I, I, I think that, that severed everything for her. Well, also, Jade, remember Jade gets in the car and tries to talk touch her mom's hand and her mom pulls away and then also she's practically lost Daniel because Daniel is like also kind of throwing himself towards Mia when Mia. Mia's throwing you know yeah she he goes home with Mia he follows her into the stairway I think Daniel was the sus one in that Daniel was a sus one because Mia we completely have justified her actions <laughs> in a way <laughs> I'm saying that she just wanted connection I don't think she had a thing for Daniel I think it's just the her one yeah. Like, somebody. It wasn't who, it was what. Yes. Like, I don't... It wasn't screwed up that she did it with Daniel. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think it would have been anyone for her. Yes. But for Daniel, he was... It was Mia. He was fully reciprocating that. Yeah. He followed her into the stairwell when she was having, like, a panic attack. Yes. When she did the hand at the hospital and she freaked out, he was the first one that came over and grabbed her. Yeah. And then... He stays over. Slept over in the same bed. In the same bed. Which, by the way, if you remember, Jade and Mia don't even sleep in the same bed. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So why are Mia and Daniel sleeping in the same bed? Exactly. Sus. So, and in the scene, um, when Daniel gets possessed and he's, like, really, like, you know? Yeah. He's really feeling it. He looks at Jade and goes, your touch repulses it. Right. And then he looks at Mia and then he, like, gets into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird to me. I feel like that was intentional. I feel like they didn't need to look at Mia and then get into it. I feel like he could have just gone into it. Anyways, I think that <laughs> the whole point about this was that she doesn't have her mom anymore, Jade. Yeah. She also doesn't have Daniel anymore, barely. I mean, they don't really resolve if Jade and Daniel, like, stay together. Especially close feet. Yeah, no, we don't really find out. Like, <laughs> even when they see them walking out of the hospital, Daniel's not there. Mm-hmm. But, so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and assume that, like, their relationship is not what it was. No. Because so many things happen. It can't be. Absolutely. So I feel like in that moment when, <laughs> when Mia calls Jade, Jade also has nobody at that moment. Yeah. Because Riley's unconscious, her mom is obviously freaked out for good reason, and Daniel's being Daniel. <laughs> so. <laughs> Daniel literally wanted everyone but Jade. Literally. She even made out with her dog. <laughs> no, you know what's funny about that? Is remember at the beginning when they're they're the three of them are leaving the house and Mia's like, oh you're gonna be pregnant in two months, and then Jade goes, he hasn't even kissed me yet. He kissed the dog first. <laughs> he kissed the dog before he kissed Jade. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not by choice. <laughs> Jade really has a rough. She's the victim. In she this movie. is the victim. Well, so is Riley. Riley's the main victim. <laughs> Poor kid. But then Jade's the secondary victim. And Mia died, and I don't even think she's the victim. Honestly, yeah, she kind of started all of it. She thought she was the victim. <laughs> she thought. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Everyone say hi to Nuni. Hi, Nuni. Really? <laughs> oh, she got a lot to say. Okay. I'm honestly, I'll give, I give, after we talked about it, I change. I give it a 10 out of 10. 
<laughs> I really like it. I, ju I just think there's so much attention to detail mm -hmm. and it just... Every, everything connects back to each other and yeah. I think it's so well done. I think I'm hesitant to give a 10 out of 10. Okay. And I don't really know why. Maybe it's because it wasn't like... I don't know. But I it, think... I think I'll give it, after our conversation, I think I'll give it a 9 out of 10. I'll give it a 9.5. It didn't make me cry. <laughs> 10s are reserved for things that make me cry. There was one point I Which feel is like, like I easy to do, cried. actually. I cried a little. No, me too. I've literally cried at anything. <laughs> I, I cried, I cry at horror movies all the time. Like, yeah. not even sad. Just like, if it did something to me. I don't think I cried at this one, though. What no. did I? The first time I watched it in the movie theater, maybe. I think I did. I think it. No, well, I didn't cry. I don't know. I think it made me like well up a little bit, but I don't think it made me cry. I don't. I honestly don't remember if I did. But I'm the same way. I literally cried anything. I want to work with these directors. I'm excited to see what they do next, and I'm excited because there's a sequel or the sequel. Sequel prequel. Sequel prequel. I don't know. Sequel prequel. I don't. I don't think. I don't want it to continue where it left off. I need it to be completely, some something completely new. It either has to be a whole new friend group or it has to be like the origin story of like the hand. Cause that's, yeah. I really want to know. Cause we got a little bit of it. It was like, it's a psychic's hand. I don't think any of what was mentioned in the movie is actually what happened, like where the hand comes from. I think there's something completely different. I, I hope they kind of pull a conjuring mm. and because I think The Conjuring did, like, going back uh, through, like, Annabelle and, like, Ed and Lorraine, I think <laughs> they did that pretty well in not making it, like... Repetitive. Like, boring, you know, history of the thing. Um, and I think There's they, a whole universe. Yeah. Think, and the nun ties into it literally. and everything. I think they should go back and... I think it would be really, really cool if they did a little bit of the backstory on the hand and then went into, like, the first person who got a hold of it and we kind of saw their story. And if it was a different story. I like that. I think they could do that really well and mm -hmm. then it wouldn't be... Like, I, I don't think I want it to be connected to the characters we saw yeah, at all. Me either. Because I just think their stories are already tied out. Like, it's, yeah. it's all done. We don't need to know more. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. it's, it's done. Done and dusted. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. I hope we were able to, you know, give you some new things, maybe some things you missed or cannot connected a few dots for you, um, change your opinion on something maybe. If we did, tell us, comment. If not, I hope you enjoyed. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, you can find our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts and also on YouTube. If you want more of us, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, any social media with Flicks and Giggles Podcasts. Mm -hmm. And we will see you probably for a spinoff or a cocktails episode Coming next soon. week. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>